I think what's really next is solidifying and, you know, performing at a higher level in my current two businesses. You know, as a motivational speaker, I had a really good year this last year, but now I want to go to the next level. You know, I want to do the things that are going to take me to that next level as a speaker. And same thing in network marketing. It's like going to the next level. There's, I'm always on this constant journey of growth. How can I get better? How can I improve? Because my whole goal in those two businesses was how many lives can I impact? You know, it's why I didn't go into coaching. You know, you're very limited. How many lives can I impact and how broad can I make that? And that's, that's really the goal because when I'm doing that, then I feel like I'm giving back and providing that service and that value to help others. Welcome. You are listening to the Hero of the Hour podcast, the show dedicated to empowering you to take financial freedom into your own hands. Through expert interviews with decades of experience, this show will give you not only the tactical strategies of what's working in business, but the appropriate mindsets to master your financial future and build generational wealth. Heroes and entrepreneurs operate with a similar anything is possible mentality, and that is exactly what our show is about. Your host is none other than Mark B. Murphy, CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and best-selling author of three books, all dedicated to helping others plan for generational wealth. He and his team are on a mission to share their knowledge and techniques so that others can enjoy a life of financial security and freedom. Get ready to be inspired to create the life of your dreams. Let's go. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Hero of the Hour podcast. Mark in this episode sits down with JJ Burden, a former NFL pro who has transformed his life into a powerful journey of motivation and resilience. JJ's story is nothing short of remarkable. He was the hash one high school wide receiver in Oregon, but despite his undeniable talent, he didn't receive a single D1 scholarship offer due to being considered too small at five and nine and 133 pounds. However, JJ refused to accept the naysayers' limitations and set his sights on achieving the seemingly impossible. He believed in himself, and all he needed was a tiny opportunity, even if he had to create it himself. The result? A stellar nine-season career in the NFL, a feat that defied the odds for someone not the biggest, strongest, or most physical guy on the field. JJ shares his profound definition of a hero, someone who leads by example and sets the right pace. He delves into the significance of a positive mindset, emphasizing its role in achieving success in any endeavor particularly in the world of business. JJ also offers invaluable insights on the importance of finding the right mentor, someone who can help you devise a plan and craft a strategy that can turn your wildest dreams into concrete achievements. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode and enjoy the ride. Thank you so much for joining my podcast, JJ. Hey, Mark, thank you. It's exciting to be here and looking forward to sharing, giving a little value to the audience. You know, one of the things that we call it the Hero of the Hour podcast, because I have people on this podcast are either personal heroes to me or people that are heroes to other people. Who's a hero to you? Oh, right away. And it has to be my mom. You know, I was raised by a single parent mom who, you know, she dropped out of high school her junior year. 
and she raised three children and she just figured it out. And I watched her make sacrifices and work hard day and night to provide for us. But she was the first person that really taught me on you know, ta taught me the concept of you do what you got to do to take care of your family. So it would definitely be my mom. I, I was at the I, it, it's an open definition. If somebody said, what is a hero? What, who would you tell? What would you say a hero is? What, who is a hero? What's a What is a hero? I think to me, a hero is always to me, always someone who's out there taking the lead, who's out there leading by example. They're doing good things. They're setting the right example, the right pace. But they're doing it, too, which makes it so much easier or more impactful because you see, man, that person is out there doing it right. I want to follow their example. You know, one of the things I think anybody that uh, follows football knows, you know, that you were a uh, you went from a let's call it an underdog to an alpha dog in terms of, you know, there you know, there's a handful of exceptions, but there are not too many. If I if I if I read the statistics right, you were five foot ten, 157 pounds. And you had a nine-year NFL career. How do you do that? <laughs> That's a great question. I, and I'll tell you, Mark, it was never planned. It wasn't part of the plan. It's just a series of activities happened in college. And I was a track athlete headed to the Olympic trials. And I tore up my ACL ligament when I was drafted by the Browns. And once that doorway opened, I started believing, hey, I can play at the NFL level. I get healthy and I make the commitment. But what really got me excited, but like you said, is, you know, the average NFL player is 6'2", 245 pounds, <laughs> and everyone's looking at me and saying, what are you doing here? And then I always, then all of a sudden there's that motivation to prove people wrong. So that was, that was driving me at first, but I never thought I'd end up playing nine years though. It's, it's you know, it was said, but your mom being a hero, it sounds like uh, she raised you right. You know, so many people want things, but they're not willing to do the work necessary to go make that happen. But, uh, you know, we, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm an NFL registered player financial advisor. Oh. So it's a small part of our business, but we probably have 40 or 50 athletes that we represent, current yeah. and former NFL players and people in other sports and entertainment as well. But it's, uh, I got to tell you, with non-guaranteed contracts in the NFL and, uh, and, and always a, a younger group of people coming behind you, to have a nine-year NFL career is like, uh, it's like having a hundred-year career in business. What is the average NFL career? It's now dropped down to less than two years. So I, I always tell people, you know, making it to the NFL is hard. Staying there is even harder. Yeah, because there's there's somebody younger, there's somebody faster, there's somebody who work for less, there's somebody the salary cap, uh, you know, is doesn't help, uh, you know, veterans uh, to 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 stay there. And I remember your career more at the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, and you got a chance to play with uh, Joe Mon uh, not uh, with Joe Montana. Yeah, uh, who who some consider the goat. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, there's an argument. Uh, there's three or four people in that uh, conversation, at least at quarterback. What was it like uh, playing with the, him with Joe and playing with uh, some of the other folks you got to play with? Yeah, playing with Joe was a highlight. You know, it was it was a bit of a shock first because I remember watching Joe when I was in the eighth grade throwing touchdown passes, <laughs> and then I look up and I'm like, "That's Joe Montana. He's in the huddle with me." You know, but. I like to think of myself as a student and I know that success leaves clues. So I'm like, what can I learn from Joe Montana? And he was a consummate leader, professional. He led by example, even late in his career, when he already won four Super Bowls, he came in uh, to KC. And I like to say he's, he studied like a rookie. He prepared like a veteran and he led like a pro and he really made a difference in my career and our team ultimately.
the thing that I, you know, representing a bunch of players over the years, it's it takes so much effort and energy just to make it to the league. And then, as you said, to stay in the league is even harder than that. And then you get to be 25, 28, 32, 35, you know, you know, Tom Brady is just a unicorn, um, <laughs> you know, you know, in terms of 45 years old, but you get to be in your late twenties or, or in your early thirties. And so, so few people are prepared to be as successful after football than they were on the field. And one of the things that's so amazing and so impressive about you is you know you know it's all it's it's sexy to talk about this incredible nine year career you had in the NFL and all the you know all the awards and all the, the success you had, but I, I make the argument that you've been more successful off the field than you were on the field. Which if if that's possible, how, how did you go from how did you, how did you end your career? So you knew it was your last day. Did you prepare? Were you preparing for years before, or did you or did you go? Hey, I'm retiring and now I got to start working on. It. How did how did you get? How did you how did you get from there to where you are now? Yeah, good question. First, I think the reality of, of making it to the NFL was like, okay, this is cool. How many years can I play? And when I learned, Mark, that you're a vested player at four years, that was the goal. Let's make it to four years, qualify for retirement. Then it was like, hey, let's see if we can play another year. Let's see if we can play another year. But during that time around year four and five, I was planning for life after the game. And I started networking. I started making some really good connections because I wanted to make that transition. And I have to admit, I made a goal. I don't want to be one of those players you hear about who struggle when the career's over. And so that last year in Atlanta, my ninth year, I remember I had hurt my knee. Mm. And after I went through rehab, I thought, you know what? I'm healthy. I got to play nine years, you know? I don't really have to play anymore. Let's let's start phase two. And I, I walked away from the game. And it's one of the things I'm proud of, because as you probably know, a lot of guys don't know when to walk away because it's it's like their life. It's their it's their identity. And I didn't consider the NFL to be really my identity. Actually, I remember when I was a kid with you know, Willie Mays was my hero. And yeah, I was a Met fan back in the day when I was a kid. And uh, you know, to watch his last year in New York was you know, it certainly wasn't the Willie that, uh, you know, we were, we were used to seeing. I think, you know, so many people stay too long at the at the party. And uh, I think that takes a lot of guts and a lot of courage. I know you do a lot of things. I know that you're a, a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. I know that you're one of the most powerful people in network marketing. Tell me some of the topics. If I, if I, when you, when you, if somebody was going to hire you to lecture and to, and to motivate their team, what, what, what are some of the things you, what are some of the topics and, and uh, things you like to discuss with people? Yeah. Uh, my number one keynote right now is called seizing your opportunities. It's a very generic presentation that allows me to help anyone in the audience understand what it takes to seize the opportunities that are important to you, whatever it is, family life, personal life, business life. Uh, but I take them through this process of what I had to go through. What were the action steps I took? to make it to the NFL and then try to relate it to the audiences. Because one thing I learned through my journey is like you said earlier, we might have goals and dreams, but nobody's going to give it to you. You got to be willing to put into work. You got to be willing to be consistent and you got to be willing to be persistent. So a lot of the content I share when I'm speaking to corporations is always about the individual in the chair, what you need to do to achieve those goals, because ultimately your efforts is going to make the team going to make the company better. So uh, I love that presentation. I'm working on a new one now. Uh, I'm rebranding and doing a new presentation revolving around being the underdog, like you mentioned earlier, because 
that's pretty much my story. But I think a lot of people at times feel like an underdog and I want to empower them to, like you said, become an alpha dog. I, I think that's uh, that's inspiring. And uh, I know uh, I know you're you're in demand. You know, network marketing to me, that's like owning a, a franchise or, or a store without without a physical location. Yeah. Where you, you help it, it's you know it it uh, it empowers the entrepreneur and all of on all of us, and but I think a lot of people either misunderstand network marketing or don't, or you know or don't know about it. T- tell us a little about that business. I, I'm uh, you know you know obviously my fiance Lisa DeMeo, she uh, is uh, you know she she's she's another alpha dog in network marketing like you. Tell me about that part of your business. Yeah, network marketing was really not part of the game plan. Um, initially, I was owner of several different medical companies in Kansas City uh, after my career. And although I loved helping people, I didn't like some of the challenges that came with those businesses. And I didn't have the the time and the freedom. And I was overworked and underpaid. And when I looked at the model of network marketing, it resonated with me because I understood the concept of passive income or residual income. Because as a football player, every year I would get a check because I was being placed on Madden, you know, video games every single year. So I understood the concept, but um, it's something I gravitated to and I love it because I have more control on who I work with, when I work, and even my income potential too. But what I love the most is the business model is all about helping other people. How many people can you help achieve the goals that are important to them and your goals fall in the net and, and naturally fall into place. And that's one of the things I love about that business model. Who should consider network marketing? I think there's going to be a lot of people in, in the, in the coming months going to be thrown out of work. I think uh, a lot, a lot of business have gotten a lot more competitive and a lot tougher. Uh, inflation is eating away at people's money. Who are people that should be interested or or considering network marketing that may not be right now? Yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head. You know, right now there's been a lot of changes out there and obviously still some consequences of of COVID, but um, it's anyone who's looking to have more control. You know, maybe they've got wants and needs. Maybe they want to work from home. Maybe they want to have more time and freedom. Maybe they want to be able to be their own boss. I really think it's an opportunity for everyone. But what I tell everyone, you just need to understand it's called network marketing. It's a business. It's not called net sign up and do nothing. Thinks it grows on its own. No, you have to be willing to do the work. And uh, if you're willing to do that, obviously some pretty special things can take place. That is terrific. The other thing I go back to all the time is, you know, obviously you had, you had world-class speed, but the average, you told us told the average player weighed, weighed 245 pounds. You're at 157. Mm-hmm. You must have mental capabilities, mental fitness, emotional fitness, more than any man on the planet to do that for nine years and to play at that level. Is, how, how, how much does that play into your, into your life then? How much does that play into your life now? The emotional fitness, the mental powers that you had? Yeah. Mental powers, mindset. That's 100% of it. That is 100% of it. Because even during my journey, like I mentioned earlier, you know, many people said I couldn't do it. Um, they doubted me. They didn't give me the chance, but I believed in myself. And having a strong mindset was really key to my success because sometimes we can suffer with self-limiting beliefs, fear, and making up excuses. But I knew I could play. And that was the key when I got to the NFL. However, one thing I realized when you get to the NFL is that everybody's a great athlete. 
everybody's a great athlete. So you have to have that mentality of every day. How can I be better than I was the day before? And that's really all about mindset. So, um, and even it's played a role in my businesses today. It's one of the points I talk about my keynotes is that what you think, how you think, when you think it, it truly matters when it comes to success in anything. Have you noticed that life is getting more and more expensive? From grocery prices to real estate values, everywhere you turn, prices seem to be skyrocketing. Well, Mark has dedicated decades of his career and life to serving entrepreneurs and professionals to build real wealth, and in most cases, multi-generational wealth. The reality is, we all have to navigate turbulent times in this economy. But the difference will be for those that have a roadmap and a customized plan for building wealth. That's why, as a listener to this podcast, we are so excited to share with you first access to Mark's newest book, The Ultimate Investment, a roadmap to grow your business and build multi-generational wealth. When you access this book, you'll discover how to know when you're working a job instead of a business. That hard work isn't all about hours put in. This will make you more productive. Why you need to live with your back against a wall. How to surround yourself with the right people who support your vision. And so much more. Go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book to get access now. Once again, go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book. And now, back to the show. You know, so many businesses are challenged. I know you're, you speak and you lead and you motivate. What do you think some of the problems that businesses are having and people are having in business and that where, where you can, where, where, where they, they, they lean on you to help them uh, at least sort through and solve some of those problems. Yeah. I think the main thing, and, and I really like to focus on the individual because yeah, there's a lot of things that are happening in the world that are affecting business, but there's only so many things we can control, you know? And so I try to help the individual to focus on what they can control. And they can control how they show up and the effort that they put in every day to do their job. And that's kind of one of the messages I, I preach because I think too many people allow those outside circumstances dictate their efforts from day to day. And so I try to help them. If you can focus on what you need to do, again, right, mindset, understand why you're doing it, having that plan, putting in the work and understand and I call these, Mark, FASCO moments. There's going to be failures, adversities, setbacks, challenges, and obstacles. Those are opportunities for growth. And so it's looking at adversity as in terms of what can I learn from it? How can I get better? And how can I take advantage of the opportunity? So I, I love the empower the individual because that's what I had to do. <laughs> that's how I was able to play and make it in, in the NFL and last as long as I did. So it sounds like in addition to mindset, what you coach and teach on is building teams, yeah. building peak performance teams. Yeah. 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 And I do. But what I do is I focus on, I say, the way you can be a successful team if everybody does their job. Because in the NFL, you knew there's 11 guys on the field. I could show up and do my best, but if those other guys don't do their job, we don't succeed. So if I can help each team member understand the significant, they the role they play to the success of the overall team, now you got a company moving in the right direction. So, Which is just incredibly, incredibly uh, interesting. Did you, uh, were there other sports you played? Did you play 
just football growing up where you played and you ran track? Did you, or did you do everything? Yeah, I was, uh, I was a three sport athlete early on. And then my sophomore year, I focused on track and football because I knew basketball, that wasn't the sport, you know? So track was really my sport. I was a, like I said, I'm, I qualified for the 1980 Olympic trials in the long jump. So that was really what I was striving for. I was trying to make the Olympic team. I wasn't trying to play in the NFL, but Browns drafted me late, eighth round, 216th pick. I was a mystery track guy who could catch the ball. <laughs> That's really what it was. And uh, But I tore my ACL ligament up in the third practice with the Browns. So track was over and that's when the shift took place. But, but again, it's why I talk about the setbacks and adversity because it's all about how you respond to them. And that setback was a perfect opportunity for a comeback. It made me hungrier. It made me focus. And everything I did there was instrumental to me, you know, going on to play in the league. That's a, you talk about ACLs. And again, I played, I I don't, my, my career ended at the end of high school, but uh, uh, basketball, but I, I was, the interesting thing is I don't remember, and maybe we just called it something different, but it didn't seem like there was that many ACL injuries. It seems like every kid has an ACL injury, much less every professional athlete. Was that, was that always the case or is there something different going on? Yeah, it was always the case. But see, back right before I played, when a player had an ACL injury, their career was over. And then when I, 80s, late 80s, early 90s, then the rehab was about a year and a half. Now, you know, like you said, ACL tears are happening, but guys are coming back a lot faster, which I don't think is (laughs) the best recommendation. But, But for me, it was like, you know, sometimes when you say blessings in disguise, because when I went into the NFL, Mark, I was like, there's no way I can play in the NFL. No way, no way. But that year, sitting on IR, no pressure, just getting healthy and watching, that was when the mental shift took place. I was like, I can play in the NFL. I just got to get it healthy and seize the next opportunity I get. That is totally inspiring. It sounds like you have a book or two in you. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I've written one. This is my first one. When opportunity Let everybody knocks. see that because I want people to see that. Just tell me it's when opportunity knocks, eight surefire ways to 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 advantage. Take advantage. Yeah. Take advantage. Yeah. And this one, this one is more about seizing your opportunities. It's kind of a blueprint um, of my first experience of being an author. And congratulations to you as an author as well. Um, but working on the second one, like I said, we're we're gonna move towards the underdog theme because I don't know if you know this, but this is what's really cool. Through my research, I found out that in the last 40 plus years, there has not been an NFL player who played longer than me that weighed under 160 pounds. You know, so we're doing some rebranding. We're really going to build off of that theme to really impact people out there who felt like an underdog. That is, uh, you know, it's funny you think about that. But even I'm trying to think, even a guy like Tyreek Hill, he weighs more than 160 pounds, right? Yeah. He's a big boy, right? He's he's just not tall. He's 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 a lot, he's shorter than you, but yeah. uh, that is uh it, it's amazing that I guess when you think about it, those guys do not have any long careers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And think about how many people are in circumstances where you know not just sports, even business, when they feel like the odds are against them, or maybe they're in a situation that doesn't favor them, or maybe they have some kind of limitation in some way. And so, if I can show people how to close the underdog gap and really rise or come to the top as an underdog. That's kind of the direction we're moving with this new keynote and book. And by the way, you also played in a time where 
they allowed headhunting on wide receivers. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, they, they, it, not that it's certainly a violent game today, but it's certainly a lot safer than it was when you played. I mean, you, you going across the middle, you were taking your life in your own hands, right? Yeah. Yeah. Many so, times. I mean, that, that makes it even more impressive. Thank you. I, many times I got hit by Ronnie Lott and Steve Atwater and some of these big boys, but it was like everyone expected me to be afraid to go over the middle. So I was like, I'll show you. And I was willing to go over the middle. But I tell you one thing through experience, you start learning how to get down and move here and there and avoid some of those hits. So they didn't get too many shots on me. So, so you start with a single mom track, you get to the NFL for nine years, you leave you, you're writing a, you write a book, you're a motivational speaker, you become one of the most powerful people in network marketing, you've got medical companies, other things. If we got back together and you give me a time, two years, three years, five years, where, where are you going now? What, what, where, what, what's, what is next? Because I'm sure you're not satisfied. I think you're either growing or you're, you're growing or you're, or you're or, or not, or you're declining. What's, what's next for you? I think what's really next is solidifying and, you know, performing at a higher level in my current two businesses. You know, as a motivational speaker, I had a really good year this last year, but now I want to go to the next level. You know, I want to do the things that are going to take me to that next level as a speaker. And same thing in network marketing. It's like going to the next level. There's, I'm always on this constant journey of growth. How can I get better? How can I improve? Because my whole goal in those two businesses was how many lives can I impact? You know, it's right, why I right. didn't go into coaching. You know, you're very limited. How many lives can I impact and how broad can I make that? And that's, that's really the goal because when I'm doing that, then I feel like I'm giving back and providing that service and that value to help others. You know, I, I turned 60 this year. And uh, so I hear people ask me like when I'm going to retire and they'll go retire to what, you know, I'll <laughs> go get a job. I mean, I just, you know, I think if you have that mindset, who retires from that? People ask you that question ever? Oh, yeah, they do. And I'm like, I'm just getting started, you know? <laughs> yeah, it pisses me off. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, I, I mean, I, there's so many, there's so few people that, there's so many people like rushing to get through life. They're rushing to retire. They're rushing, to, they're running everywhere and running nowhere at the same time. And the thing that I think we have in common, I use different languaging than you, but I feel like a brother from another mother when I say, I thought we'd be successful. I, you know, I hope we'd make money. But this was really my vehicle to make other people's lives better, right? And it sounds like that's been your sort of calling. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell, I didn't hear you tell me about how the all the millions you made or all the, you know, uh, you know, the fancy car you drove or or this and that. I heard you talk about making a difference in the lives of the people you touch. Is your is your why? Is that? Do you think that if somebody's watching this podcast and they're saying, "Hey, I, I want to get to the next level," or I want to have a better life than I have. I want to create a bigger, better future for myself or my family. Right. Do you think that's what differentiates you or differentiates us from everybody else? Or is there any, or is there something else? What, 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 what could they take away saying, I, I got to talk to JJ because that's, uh, that, that's, that's, that's who I need to, to get me to the next level. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely important to recognize the value of mentorship, the value of learning from someone who's already walked the road you're traveling on. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I do what I do, because even though I was raised by a single parent mom, there was always a coach, a teacher, someone who helped me along my journey. And so for anybody listening, I think it's important that you gravitate to people like us because we're not just out there talking to talk. We're out there 
walking the walk. And, and when you find the right mentor who can really, you know, help you create that plan and help you put that strategy together, mentor you through it, the sky's the limit, you know, after that. You know, the, the you know, one of the, the passions that I, I have and one of the reasons that I've, I've uh, you know, we, we do work with uh, athletes is, um, and again, it's, it's not a major part of it. We, as I said, we may have 40 or 50 current and former players, but I've always said to them this, there was an article that came out about 20 years ago or so in Sports Illustrated that talked about that 81% of professional athletes were either bankrupt or in severe financial distress within two years of retirement. And I, and when I see people not, you know, doing, having good values around money or, or around good values in general, I sent them that article because I say I only work with the 19%. It's too painful to watch somebody blow up. And, and the other thing I think is that the other thing I, I try to work on with folks is that I can't help you be more successful in the field, in the, on the field. Or if you're, if you're a singer, I can't help you, you know, write songs or sing better, but I can help make sure that as an athlete, that you can have a career that's as or more successful after you, after you, you know, if you retire at 30, you probably have 50 years as a non-athlete or not as, as a professional athlete. Right. So how does that 50 years become the most successful part of your life or the most meaning? And by the way, you've had a pretty damn good life if you've been in the NFL, even for a week, much less nine years. And so I think that part of that message is, is that to at least be thinking about that or, you know, so many, so many folks are are not thinking ahead at all. They're thinking right. just in the, in the, in the present and to help them kind of, kind of uh, figure out who their future self is. So not only they can be the best person they could be and be the best version of themselves, but at least be having at least a one eye about what, what, what life would look like after, after sports. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that's universal to everybody. I think, I think, you know, too many people, you know, are are so focused on today mm-hmm. that they can't they, they can't focus on who they really want to be tomorrow, right. and uh, that that does not seem like it's a problem for you. And uh, all, all I want to tell you is I I just uh, I just appreciate you taking the time from your busy day. I just want to want to say that uh, you know, I just think you you know you have uh, we talked about uh, Tom Brady being the unicorn at forty five. I think you're the unicorn. Uh, <laughs> Now that I think about it, uh, I, I think you playing nine years at 157 pounds, it might be more impressive than Brady's career. And what you've done after the career is the is is something that everybody should emulate. I, uh, you know, I, I want to send my five kids to spend some time with you and, and let you uh, let you show them what life looks like, uh, because <laughs> I think they could learn a lot from you. And I, I just want to thank you for your time. Thank you too, Mark. I really appreciate just giving me the opportunity to share. And like you already mentioned, just passionate about helping everyone, paying it forward. You know, someone, many people helped me along my journey. And if I can help others, that's that's what gets me up every day, you know. I'd like to help you because one, I'd like to help you, but I'd like to I I'm more excited about the help you're going to give to the other people that you touch. And uh and and you know, you're you're living a life well lived and uh and purposeful. And uh, I, I just think uh, everybody should emulate that. And, and JJ, thank you for your time. Thank you too, Mark. Thanks. Thanks so much. All right. By the, by the way, I get to Kansas City at least once or twice a year. Where, where's home for you now? I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. We get there too. So I would, uh, you know, maybe uh, on my next trip there, I can buy you dinner. We can get a, we can have a drink. That'd be great. I Thanks. appreciate that. All right, Mark. Thanks so much. Sure. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Hero of the Hour podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share the podcast episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode and more at www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. 
Be sure to check out the other great books and resources on the website while you're there. Once again, it's www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. All links can be found in the description below. We look forward to serving you on the next episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS or Guardian, and opinions stated are their own. Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. OSJ, 200 Broad Hollow Road, Suite 405, Melville, New York, 11747, 631-589-5400. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Northeast Private Client Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0B36048. Arkansas Insurance License Number 741545. Expiration and submission numbers located in the show notes.